In my own journey, um, as I've been, you know, the last 20 years, I really, um, I observe, I observe leaders and I take note. And I think that that was a distinction that I made from an early age is that you can meet people that are extremely wealthy and very unfulfilled, but then you can meet people who, you know, are prosperous, who are light and joyful and who really bring a presence. And, um, you know, it's a very, just a very different observation to make that, uh, yeah, you can have, you know, millions in the bank, but you can be very, you know, in a very, very um, unhappy place. You're listening to Property Investor Tales, stories from the front yard. Here's your host, Tabitha Bright. Hello and welcome to Property Investor Tales, stories from the front yard, where I get to speak to investors around Australia about their investing journey. My name is Tabitha Bright and I'm the Head of Coaching here at Positive Real Estate, where we get to help people build wealth through property. With over 8,000 clients across Australia and New Zealand, there are some incredible stories to tell, which hopefully make your investing journey that little bit easier and will inspire you along the way. My guest today is Priscilla Darcy, and we discuss the difference between prosperity and wealth and how the foundation to wealth creation is how you think and what you choose to feed your brain and not to be missed conversation with Priscilla. Hey everyone, Tabitha here. Welcome to the podcast. So today I've got the fabulous Priscilla Darcy with me and Priscilla and I have known each other for a long time. We were just working out before it's 17 years, I think, without expanding and taking any creative license on that. 2023 will be 17 years, which just blows my mind. Um, and Priscilla, like myself, has been both a client of Positive Real Estate and part of the coaching team. So I've got Priscilla here to share some of her wisdom and her stories that she's garnered over the years as um, as she's coached and worked with many clients and been, been a client and invested um, as a very young woman uh, in the early days. And uh, she's here to share those stories. So welcome, Priscilla, to the podcast. Thank you, Tab. And so great to be having this chat with you. <laughs> Exciting. Seven years. <laughs> Can't quite believe that. <laughs> I know, it's crazy, isn't it? And so um, you started coaching um, with myself in 2012. Um, mm -hmm. But prior to that, um, you and I first crossed paths because we both rocked up to the same positive real estate event. I think I'd only, it was my first month as a client. I'd just joined and Jason and the team were holding some big one day workshop at a hotel in the city. And you brought um, your partner along to that same event. And we ended up sitting on the same table. I remember you leaning over to me and going, I'm thinking about joining. Do you think I should join? I was like, <laughs> <laughs> and you I did. That so vividly. And um, I just remember the, you know, the real warmth in the room and the energy and the excitement. And we all shared the same passion and interest in investing and, um, for me, I have to say, and as you said, I was quite young at the time, but I just yeah. felt like I'd found my tribe. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so a really, really great beginning. It was, it was very funny. 
Um, and so you originally, I always think of you as it's a really old-fashioned term. It's um, going back to the, my 80s heyday, a go-getter, we used to call them. <laughs> but I do, I think if, when someone says, oh, describe Priscilla, I say, you know, she's a real go-getter. Um, <laughs> because you started investing very young. So tell us a little bit about how you got into real estate and what was behind all of that. So basically, um, I was very fortunate. I had grown up with parents and grandparents who had been investing. Um, so I'm very lucky that I, I did get exposed to property investing from a really young age. Yep. And then when it was time to, you know, begin my own journey at 21, uh, I thought I knew it all and, <laughs> um, and went and purchased my first investment property. But uh, it wasn't a great uh, decision that I made in the um, actual property that I'd purchased. So there were some lessons there uh, that really served me well, because that's what then brought me along to positive real estate to learn, to actually gain understanding and um, and real knowledge around, you know, what do you need to know to begin um, investing, but how do you actually make money from investing? So anyone can invest their money in the market, but I really wanted to do it in a very educated way. So that's what brought me along. Uh, and yeah, I'm 21 um, and then, you know, started the coaching from, um, you know, a few years after that. Yep. And it has been the way that I explain it, it has been a true apprenticeship. So it formed a firm understanding of what I needed to know that I wasn't being told by my bank manager or my accountant yeah. or my parents. I actually had to make a decision to stop actually having the conversation around investing with my parents and my friends because I think that there is good intention there. There are people in your life that, you know, care about you and want the yeah. best for you and want to keep you safe. Yeah. But then I really did come to a point where I understood I had to back myself. I had to really take the information I was learning and form my own um, way in which I was going to move forward with that information. And for me, that was, a, you know, really clear decision at the time that, yeah you know, be mindful of the people that you tell your goals to and your dreams to, you know, be really, really selective of who you share. Um, you know, I, I, I find that there's a real, once you do establish what you want, you know, hold that sacred and really choose who you share that information with. Yeah, it's really important because I've seen it as you would have over the years coaching. Um, so I've been coaching for depending on when you take it from somewhere between 14 to 16 years um and um over that time where people have had you know the cold water poured on their dreams because somebody has been scared somebody has been threatened um you know I have a lot of clients that do not talk about their investing with family and friends. They don't talk about it outside of the positive real estate community um, simply because people don't understand and it creates friction for them. Um, and so I, I think you're absolutely right when you say, you know, be careful um, about 
who you share that with because in the early days when it is a dream when it hasn't become a reality and you're doing your research and you're doing the hard yards because you know the first couple of properties always the hardest right mm -hmm. when you're in that um what's the word uh, that embryo phase almost of your investing um it's so easy to to have somebody talk you out of it and tell you that it's not possible or there's all this risk or you're going to end up or their disaster that happened, which everything's relative, yeah? Mm -hmm. So you think back to when you were first investing and the things that worried you then and then what you know and what you've created in both business and um, in investing and in life and your mindset in everything, I mean, if you hadn't had some bumps and scrapes, there would be a lot of lessons that you just didn't get the benefit of, right? 100%. And I, um, a dear friend of mine, she actually um, taught me this analogy. <laughs> she said that when you um, go along those times where, you know, you're challenged or things don't go the way that you want them to go or... You know, you really, um, you're feeling the stress of whatever that situation is. She kind of, um, she relates it back to, um, you know, Super Mario Brothers, you know, the game where um, <laughs> Mario eats the mushroom and he goes doink, 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 doink and grows, right? And she's like, those are those moments in life that are really stretching your capacity of what you can actually work through and, yeah. you know, really building your inner strength and your inner courage and building your self-belief. And if yeah. we didn't have those moments, and if it was just, you know, a very straightforward, easy process, well, then, I don't know, like, Everyone what does that <laughs> Exactly right. That's, you know, that's, it's a part of the normal uh, it really is those normal problems and, um, you know, you and I talk about that all the time with property investing, really determining what are normal problems and what are abnormal problems and the way in which you actually, it can be a beautiful mirror in the way that you actually deal with those situations will really mirror to you, you know, where you perhaps have some growth to do. Uh, in your own, um, you know, just in the way that you actually deal with challenges. Yeah, and who you become, yeah. Yes. Um, many of you might be familiar with, uh, I think it's Mav Maslow's hierarchy of, of needs. Um, and, you know, where we sit there, like when we're in, um, when we're in investing mode, we're trying to achieve, we're in striver-driver kind of, a space aren't we and that means that when it comes to how we behave for any of you that have seen any kind of Tony Robbins or um, there will be other people that he's pulled in to create this stuff of course um, you know there's different levels of consciousness that we have over the journey of our lifetime and sometimes we need to you know um, pull on different parts of that equation. We might choose that sometimes you have to give someone a short, sharp rap across the knuckles and you choose to drop down to a level where there might be a, a little bit of quick, smart um, reprimanding required. Other times, you know, it's about empathy. Um, sometimes it's about getting down and being motivated and getting the stuff done. Um, but unless you're really conscious of where you go, under times of stress, it can be hard to pull the right tools out of your toolkit 
Um, and part of any challenge is growth in this area. And as we all know, growth is never comfortable. We don't always enjoy growth when it's happening to us at the time. We might ask ourselves some questions that aren't particularly quality questions. <laughs> Things like, why is this happening to me? I call that not a very good quality question. <laughs> a better question might be, what can I learn from this? <laughs> um, and having a coach and having people around you that um, have been through these challenges and will hold you to a higher standard. Um, I remember Jason, um, Priscilla, he once said to me, um, and I'm sure he didn't coin this, but it, I found it really valuable at the time. He said, when you when you have a challenge and you step into the elevator of the challenge, are you going to press the button up or are you going to go down to the basement? <laughs> it's a great one. <laughs> I like that. Like, Whoops, I pressed the basement. Shit. <laughs> Is that, you know, being aware and having that. Another one is, um, Vin always said to me, um, oh shit, I've totally forgotten. What did you say to me? Second response. <laughs> that has been seriously the best advice in my entire life. My hubby, he said to me, Tab, delete the first response, second response always. Like, give yourself that time to breathe. Um, and I think if I'm right in paraphrasing, because I've taken over the conversation, sorry. Um, that one of the gifts in property investing is that you will have challenges. Um, there will be moments where it's hard and, and probably stressful and no doubt frustrating. Um, but these in their own ways um, are gifts. Is, would you agree? 100%. I really can. Um, I have great empathy and compassion for, you know, our clients who really do, um, take them through, you know, take themselves through that process of growth. And, and you know, there, it really is, um, we do have a default mode. We do have, um, you know, a collective fear and that's driven by the media and it's driven by, yeah. you know, what we're reading and seeing and what we're, um, what we're you know, digesting. Yeah. And, you know, we talk about food as being, you know, the food that you ingest being good or bad, but words and information, you mm. are also digesting. So yeah. be really mindful of, of what words and what information and what advice you are actually digesting because they are coming into your physiology. They are coming into your mindset. You are digesting um, you know, that energy essentially. So really be mindful of that. And um, yeah, and there have definitely been moments like even pre-COVID or, or um, actually I've got two situations. The first one was our family home that we purchased in Melbourne and we had settled the property as we've gone into GFC. And then on the front of the Herald Sun, they've actually printed up um, the suburb that we had purchased in being the number one suburb with the highest amount of mortgage defaults. And we're, you know, sitting there with a, you know, a, a little two-year-old baby going, what have we done? Yeah. Um, it was because a premium we, suburb. It wasn't like yeah. it was, yeah, yeah. Like and so, you know, yeah. Absolutely. And so in that moment, we're like, okay, what do we know to be true right now? Okay. 
what is actually true and that's for any belief or any um yeah for any belief or thought you have always challenge it with what is it actually true so um be a bit of a detective with um with what your beliefs and your thoughts are and then the second situation was believe it or not um pre covid we had just settled on a property in january as the whole world had gone into shutdown and once it literally, it, it brought me to my knees. I'm like, what have I done? Like, this is, this is full on. Like, there is no, um, you know, where do I go for, um, you know, understanding or for, um, you know, for, you know, knowing the impact of what COVID would go on to create. Mm. But I think in that moment, I really understood that within us all, the self-belief that we can really tap into when, you know, really self-empowerment, that's a big, um, a really big topic that I'm opening up with clients for 2023 is really trusting your own self-empowerment, gathering all the right information, gathering the tools that you need, and then having that self-belief, I think is really important. Yeah. And look, it's made so much easier when everything's put into context and, uh, you know, you, you just have to Google property investing, right? You get, what is it, like a billion different links that you can click on. Um, it's not how do you find the information, it's how do you choose the information that is right for you? And And I think when you're clear about, and this is why I'm such a fan of coaching, mm -hmm. is if you're clear about what you're trying to achieve, what it's going to give you, why you're doing it, then you can sort out all the, all the rubbish and all the noise and discard that. And it was funny, I was talking to a client literally today, Simon, and he's been part of the program, must be 14 years, I think. So um, um, not long after I started coaching, I'd started working with Simon and, and his wife. And he said to me, oh, I just wanted to check in because I've got properties that I bought 14 years ago and you know, strategies change, markets change, am I still on the right track? And it's like, absolutely, Simon, because for what you're wanting to achieve, we've run the numbers, this is what it's going to deliver, this is your outcome, that was what you have told me that you're wanting to achieve, <laughs> tick, 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 so you don't have to worry about the rest of all this noise and what everyone else is doing. There's always going to be that grass is greener, that property was better, I should have, I could have. Uh, you've got to let that go. And um, I think Jason always says it's a, it's a marathon, it's not a sprint. Mm -hmm. um, tell me a little bit about, I saw a post that you'd put into the Mentoring Clients Facebook page and I really, really liked it because you were using farming as an analogy and I chipped in with my own little message saying you can't reap and sow in the same year, which I think is a wonderful analogy when people expect too much from a property. 
um, you know, it's not instant. Property is a long-term game. But tell me a little bit about that place. I'm putting it on the spot here. We're going a little bit off, off what we discussed. But um, if you can recall that post, there were some lessons in that around farming and what you expect. And Tab, um, firstly, the point that you make about coaching is mm. such an important one because yep. any podcast, any leader at the moment, um, any content that you're listening to from really great leaders, the first thing that they say is get a coach. Yeah. So that in itself, I just really want to highlight that um, I still have a coach. I've had the same coach for the last 12 years. Yeah. And so that is a no-brainer. Yeah. If you don't have a coach, you're simply not, you are doing yourself a disservice because with a coach, your results will be a lot more rapid than you going alone. Mm -hmm. And so one thing that I really want to make mention of there at the moment, I've got a beautiful client, Anna, she's 30 years old. Now, the benefit of a coach just in um, this little example is that the location that she's able to invest in for her first investment is a really blue chip, um, high quality piece of real estate. So what we've in fact done is saved her 10 years of investing yeah. in C class and B class. And we've been able to really fast track her and position her in such a strong investment that I'm really proud of that and what we do for clients um you know going back to your story with you know the way in which coaching impacts our clients is just massive so there's that element yeah. and the question that you ask um on the post that I did is you know the farming <laughs> think of you know and I think about this the same way with um parenting so when you plant a seed and you've got your pot, you know, your terracotta pot, <laughs> I think about this with my boys all the time. And, you know, and their little seedling is in this soil. And what am I putting into that soil? The same with your investments. Now, if in that soil, you know, your mindset is filled with fear or junk or you know, anything that's not providing nourishment or fertilizing that seed, then that's where you need to do the work. You actually need to sit down and have a really conscious conversation with yourself and go, right, yeah. what is it here? What am I, what am I putting into this soil? Now, there's another element. <laughs> Plant the seed, nourish it, and then go and enjoy life. Yeah. <laughs> because, you know, you're not going to sit there with your pot and sit there and go, come on, you know, sprout. Um, you know, you are talking to plants helps. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, you nourish it and you um, you do everything you can to ensure that you let it be. tick the boxes. But the point that I want to make is let's not forget the reason that we're investing and that we're, you know, we're, we're investing money in advice. We're investing time. Yeah. We're, you know, investing money. Um, and then we need to understand, okay, you know, what is it that, you know, what is it that you're here to do and enjoy in life? That's the reason we're investing. 
And it's not so much, and, and we spoke about this earlier, one of the biggest lessons that I'm starting to really identify and understand is that there's a big difference in creating wealth and, you know, versus prosperity. They're very different things, completely yeah. different. So, so explain with, that for us. Yeah. Yeah. And so with wealth, we are very much, um, you know, accumulating assets. We're understanding the numbers, the logic, the, you know, what is required, the nuts and bolts of investing yep. and the strategy. Yeah. But then also another way in which, and once again, something that I'm so proud of in what we do as a business for our clients is that I really feel and see and experience that we're not only teaching wealth creation, but we're actually, and you know, um, empowering people to prosper in who they're becoming as human beings, as you know, the growth that they're doing, the results that they're achieving, the impact that that then has on their children and their community and their family, and the yeah. way in which we are ultimately cultivating, um, you know, growth in human beings. And so that's that's just one distinction that um, I would like to make from um, yeah the the doing the inner work as well as the nuts and bolts of investing. Yeah, yep. Um, and I think that's really important because it's funny when we initially meet with clients, and I'm sure you've had a similar experience. Clients will often sit in front of us, and this isn't to be smug or anything, because we've all been there. We've all been at at the learning phase, and you know we are in other aspects of our life, I'm sure. Um, but where you sit down and you say, um, "I'll ask a client, where do they think their gaps are? So, so what are they looking for? Where are their gaps? What do they need to learn and understand in order to invest successfully?" And I can guarantee you there'll be some standard answers, where to buy, how to buy, what to buy. Um, that stuff's so easy to sort. That takes two seconds to sort. Mm -hmm. um, we tap into, you know, some awesome research. We've got 20 years experience in the market. That's straightforward. What clients think they need versus what they actually need can be poles apart. It can be about overcoming fear. It can be about, you know, the self-belief we have around what we're actually worthy of, about how we think about money. You'll see there's key phrases people use like, oh, I don't want to be greedy. I don't want to be, to me, creating prosperity and wealth for yourself, um, to use Priscilla's terminology, is, um, is not being greedy um, because, the more you have, the more you can help. Um, the more you create, uh, the more you can do. And I think when we create wealth and prosperity for ourselves, we have um, a, a responsibility to pay it forward. Um, and I guess to take your lead on what you were talking about, Priscilla, and then um, expand from there, an important part of what positive real estate does is give back. It gives back to its team members. It gives back to um, the community. We're involved in everything from um, a bar scrub initiative where we're helping um, the land regenerate in a place in Queensland. Um, 
Uh, I know Sam Sagers, the CEO of Positive Real Estate. He's passionate about having as small a footprint as possible. He's always looking for green ways to improve building, to improve the environment, to have as little of a footprint um, as possible with our investing. Um, we have, uh, we support room to read. I think the latest numbers for, I don't have them exactly, but I think it's somewhere around between 5,000 to 8,000 young women um, in particular um, are being put through school um, overseas and communities that have struggled to have the resources for school schools and education. Um, we've built an incredible amount of um, libraries and um, schools via Room to Read. And it's this, it's positive real estate being successful, which is on the back of its clients being successful that have allowed positive real estate um, and the clients to be able to give back in such a, a massive way. But then it's also stuff like teaching your kids, yeah? It's about being able to provide for parents that maybe didn't get the advice that they needed to create wealth for themselves. It's about, you know, helping out a work colleague um, uh, and or being able to give your time and, and volunteer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> Sorry, I feel like I took over your, your talk there and turned it into something else. You gotta watch me, Darcy. <laughs> No, that was fantastic. And, you know, the other point, I guess, in my own journey, um, as I've been, you know, the last 20 years, I really, um, I observe, I observe leaders, and I take note. Mm -hmm. And I think that that was a distinction that I made from an early age is that yeah. you can meet people that are extremely wealthy and very unfulfilled. But then you can meet people who, you know, are prosperous, who are light and joyful and who really bring a presence. And, um, you know, it's a very, just a very different observation to make that, uh, yeah, you can have, you know, millions in the bank, but you can be very, you know, in a very, very um, unhappy place. Um, and so let's really start to model some leaders who, um, you know, have the, the financial freedom, which is super important. That's the only reason why you're in a PAYG job is to invest your money um, and invest it well so that you do have choices and that you do have freedom and that you can prosper and that, you know, that comes with a lightness and an energy that even if that energy is just given to one other person who's just needing it at a, at a time in their life, then wow, isn't that just incredible, the impact that that can have just to even one person? So, um, yeah. yeah. It can make a massive difference. And often we don't even know what a difference we've made for mm -hmm. people. Um, and um, so I guess... Is there anything else before I um, ask you my classic podcast question? <laughs> Is there anything else that you wanted to touch on today that was important to you to share with people that might be considering investing? And I would say, uh, so from my post the other day, yeah. um, 
do the work be really aware with <clears throat> excuse me um what is your why mm. and what do I mean by that you were my great teacher in this when we sit down <laughs> with clients and it's like keep digging keep digging um but really authentically knowing what is your why so for me my why was about my children growing up in nature and us having time in nature together. My why was um, providing them a different roadmap or a different blueprint around money and their future than, you know, than generations um, previous to me. And I guess that that digging in asking you why, if you really go below the surface and get to a really authentic place within yourself, um, what is that why for you and why you're investing? Because that will, you will start to feel that in your body and that will motivate you to no end. Like feeling what that could be for you. Um, for me, um, you know, camping with the boys, being by the basketball court side, going on school camps with Jack. Um, you know, we bought a, a full drive and the boys and I go off-roading. <laughs> like it's, you know what I mean? Like it's just to, yeah. you know, bring about um, more joy. And I guess asking yourself, what emotional home do you live in right now? Like what's your what's your default setting? Because for me, a few years ago, I realized that my default, the two main emotions that I was running with were was so far apart from joy. So I really, once I started to journal, once I started to become a little bit more self-aware, um, I realized that I had to make a massive shift in my own emotional home and what my why was. Um, and so that's just something that, you know, don't wait until you're 60, 70, looking back on your life, really do that now and really start to have a good understanding of that now, because that will dramatically, um, you know, shift your results and, um, and do that very rapidly. So I'm going to be specific for people um, because sometimes when we're starting out, I remember thinking, I kept reading all these books and I kept saying, oh, you, it's your mindset that matters. It's like, well, someone tell me what my mindset has to be. <laughs> I just I just want someone to tell me, how, how do I do it? What do I do? What do I need to think? How? <laughs> um, and when we sit down with clients and we work on their goals, sometimes people have a bit of a knee-jerk reaction with goals. They go, oh, I don't like doing goals. Um, you know, sometimes it's a fear of setting a goal that's too big. Sometimes you set something that's realistic and doesn't excite you. You know, where's the, what's crazy and unachievable? How do you even know, right? So people get stuck in this thing about not knowing what it is. I'd be careful of generalized words when you start to think about what's motivating you and what your why might be. So if you've got a compelling goal, like Priscilla said, it'll help you massively when you hit those little snags and little road bumps along the way because they happen for everyone it's investing it's life <laughs> um 
don't don't have stuff in your goals like be financially free that doesn't mean anything it's it's absolute pop if i can say that <laughs> what is financially free it's different to me than it is to priscilla right um be specific i want to be earning x amount if it's a big number say it's like you want five hundred thousand dollars a year in passive income awesome who am i to tell you you can't do that work out what does five hundred thousand dollars a year mean to you break it down what is that monthly what is that um weekly what is the tax you're paying on that it's not hard to work out and then say do i actually need that or is that just a want that i'm not actually emotionally attached to because often we start off with some <clears throat> quite grandiose goals which is awesome it's good to have stretch goals but we're not linked to them because there's a belief gap and so I would say to you, be very specific about what it is you want. Think about what you like doing, what you're passionate about, what you do in your day to day. For me, running is my passion. I love it. But running comes at a cost because even though it's just running shoes, I need rehab. <laughs> I need physios. I need massage. I need, you know, there's all these other things that I have as my aging body need to keep me mobile so I can do the thing that brings me the most joy, which is actually very simple. So then I put all of that in the cost. I work out what that's going to cost me over a year. And that forms part of what I'm aiming for. So guys, ladies, girls, boys, be specific um, about what it is that you actually want and then work back from there to look at what you're going to create. Um, and, and I think that's a super, super important, um, important um, point. Um, so now back to my final question. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> if you could hop in a time machine and go back in time... <laughs> And you could have a chin wag with young Priscilla, 18-year-old, 20-year-old Priscilla. Knowing what you know today, what would your advice to Priscilla be? Goodness, that's a that's a really great question. Um wow we I would definitely say that um slow down this time. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, I think I've tried to fit three lifetimes into one, if I'm being really honest. Um, but going back to, um, I would really, really, really um, just provide myself um, advice to you really believe in in myself to really um, to know. Um, Wow, this is a big one. Um, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> just to be you, stay in your lane and you do you, you be yourself. I think that that's a really big one. Um, Self-belief, self-validation, that the validation that we seek is always within. It's never external. Yeah. Um, I think that that would be another one. Especially um, in your 20s. 100%. 100%. <laughs> I'd probably, 
you know, in my 20s, um, I was quite focused. I maybe would have had a few more holidays, <laughs> a little bit more fun. Um, but then was a bunch of experiment in your 20s, right? That's when you can blow <laughs> everything up and start again, I, I've been told. <laughs> well, it really does. <laughs> it highlights the point, right, that... Yeah. The freedom and the choices that I now have was because I really did get started um, and invested and worked hard and had that clear vision and that clear focus. And, you know, to the point where I actually had a bracelet made, I would wear a bracelet with with where, um, you know, what my goal was, what, um, That's cool. what I was you know, really wanting to, um, where I wanted to live and and what I wanted to create in my life. And funnily enough, I had a financial planner. I went into the city, someone had recommended me a financial planner and I thought, okay, well, you know, here I go. You know, it looked like a, a nice flash building, et cetera, and sat down with him and and he said, you know, write out your goals, you know, you, you fill in the forms. And as I, I sat down with him, within the first few minutes, he told me that my goals were unachievable. And um, and it really, you know, those those defining moments that you have in your life. And I and it was actually a gift. Sometimes those moments where, you know, it's kind of like an F you all show you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it was a defining moment for me yeah. because. I thought, well, hang on a minute, you know, once again, let me just um, give, you know, give some thought to this situation. And and he was, you know, once again, good intention and, 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 and very good at what he did. But this was a man who was sitting in an office without a window in the middle of the city and in a square box and I'm like oh my goodness like if that's where I end up at that point in my life if I'm sitting in a square box in my 50s and 60s that to me is not a model of success and so yeah I would really um you know just hold you know, know what you want, be specific and um and tab that is such an important part of it. Being really specific. And that's a hard thing sometimes. And goals can be, it's a muscle. And we're not taught, we're not taught through our school system, through our upbringing, how to actually have goals and set goals. It's just not something that is um you know, that we're conditioned with. Yeah. So to begin with, it might be a little bit uncomfortable and that's okay, but do it every six months or- It to be perfect. It doesn't, right? And it can change. Exactly. <laughs> like just ask that question as you're driving along and, and see over time what starts mm. to bubble up. Yeah. Um, and sometimes, you know, yeah, it, it's, as you said, does not have to be perfect at all. So, um, and that's, that's another good point to my 20 year old self. <laughs> done is better than perfect. <laughs> but, um, 
a mutual acquaintance of ours, Scott Harris, um, he said to me, if a job's worth doing, it's worth doing badly. And I was like, what? <laughs> the A-type personality in me was just like, nah, that doesn't work for me. Um, but he's right. Sometimes it would be better just having a crack and having a go and hitting 50% of it than what none of it at all waiting for perfect. So I always have a bit of a laugh about that one. If a job's worth doing, it's worth doing badly. So um, <laughs> take that in the spirit as is intended for all you perfectionists out there that are going to be like, nah, that's not for me. Um, <laughs> 100%. And the last point I would say is that back in my 20s, renovating and spending time and energy yeah. um, in that process, which I really enjoyed. I got a lot out of it, but it yeah. wasn't a time when I didn't have children. So yeah. I had the time, I had the energy. Yeah. But there was a moment where, um, you know, I was on the floor, I was tiling a bathroom. <laughs> God knows what I was thinking. I'm going, this is fun. Oh my goodness me. But there was a moment in that where I'm like, hang on a minute, you know, time is our most precious commodity. We don't get that back. We all get an equal amount of time. And um, and in your investing journey, really give thought, really conscious thought to um, how your energy, and I literally had you and Jason in my mind at that time going, this is not working smart. This is working hard. <laughs> um, so it really is paying attention to, um, you know, you do have many strategies available on how you actually yeah. create, um, you know, create growth from real estate. But just know that um, simplicity is a really, really effective strategy. Yeah. And even in, um, your portfolio. For those of you listening, this is not about acquiring 10, 20 properties. This may only be for some two or, or three or whatever that number may be for you to reach your specific goals. So simplicity can be a really effective tool to keep in mind. And I hate paperwork. So my strategy was I yeah. want to get the result. I want to get the specific, you know, result that I'm after, but with as little paperwork as possible. So, <laughs> so um, simplicity is one of my words for um, 2023. Simplifying nice. and nice. Um, and you know, massive um, massive results in you know, yeah, refining my own um, investing journey. So that's, uh, and helping clients to do the same. So really simplifying um, how to get those results, but in a way that works for you. Sounds good. Sounds good. People do overcomplicate things. And a lot of us have an idea that, you know, developing is what we have to do to create big dollars for ourselves. And um, it's not true, guys. Um, you know, there's only a very small portion of developers that make decent profits. Uh, a lot of people just create a whole lot of time and risk. It doesn't mean that you can't and you may have a skill set that works for developing, but it's running a business as opposed to investing. And I'm just using developing as an example. Sometimes 
buying the best quality property you can buy and holding it for 10 years, will it exceed the development profits you get? Um, and, um, and it's just about understanding where is your skill set? What time do you have available? What do you want your day-to-day -day life to look like? Because, you know, do you want to have two full-time jobs? Or do you want to be able to have a slightly less stressful <laughs> investing journey um, and have time for holidays <laughs> or have time for the stuff that's important to you? And being very specific, I think, is the thing that I've gleaned out of today's talk is a good reminder, um, Priscilla, being really specific about what's important to you so that you can hone the best strategy, the best investing um, property strategy, whatever it is that has to be for you to get your results. And I think that's the key. Being specific um, will help you. And uh, if you do choose to get coached, help, um, help your coach get you a awesome result. Fantastic. Well, thank you, Miss Darcy. Um, it's been fabulous <laughs> interviewing you. I can't believe it's uh, 17 years and I think we're all getting together in Brisbane shortly. So we'll be able to celebrate that. I'm looking really forward to seeing you in person. And, um, and thanks for your time today. Thank you, Tab. It's been a pleasure to chat and a lot of fun. So um, thank you for the giggles and, um, and the wisdom and, uh, and really hoping that it's been of massive value to anyone listening. I'm sure. Thank you so much, Priscilla. Thanks, Tab. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening to Property Investor Tales. Remember to subscribe so you get notified every time a new episode drops. As you can guess, I love hearing people's property investor tales. So if you'd like to share yours, then please get in touch with me via email at propertyinvestortales at positivementor.com.au. We would also love your feedback and I would appreciate a five-star review over on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Remember, you can watch all of these podcasts over on YouTube at Positive Mentor or at positivementor.com.au. Until then, take care, happy investing, and bye for now.